Dr. Banner. Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's no moon. It's a space station. Because if we can't protect the Earth, you can be damn well sure we'll avenge it. For my ally is the Force. And the powerful ally it is. We would be honored if you would join us. Get those nerds! 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 One dad, one daughter, and a whole lot of nerd stuff. You are listening to the Nerd Stuff Podcast with your hosts, The Dark Father and Kaylee G. This week on the podcast, The Dark Father and Kaylee G take on a new format, define what it means to be a great game, and finish with a review of Star Wars Rebellion from Fantasy Flight Games. Now, just in from their book club meeting at Java's Palace, here's the Dark Father and Kaylee G. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Nerd Stuff Podcast. We are on episode number five. I am the Dark Father, one of the co-hosts of this <laughs> lovely program. It has been a while. It's great to be back. And back with me, as always, is my partner in crime, Kaylee G. Kaylee G and I are sitting amongst the pile of X-Wing stuff that needs to be put away today. And popped out and... Yes, yes. Da- uh, Dark Father's items. been playing a lot of X-Wing as of late and has not been putting his dials, cards, etc., etc. away. It's not probably. my fault. Trust me, it would be organized. <laughs> anyway, we shouldn't uh, we shouldn't get into that without welcoming, as I said, my co-host Kaylee G. Kaylee G, how you doing? Good. It's been a long time, has it not? It's been schooly. <laughs> It's been what? Schooly. Schooly. <laughs> school, I mean, it, it, school oh, it's and been, work is why we, we haven't recorded. Yeah, yeah, and keeping up the YouTubes. And the- yes, we both have been very, 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 very busy, but it has, I guess, forced us to kind of think about how we were doing mm-hmm. things and maybe that we were going about things the wrong way. So part of this episode, and I guess that's probably as good a segue in any, (laughs) is to talk about kind of our new direction. And I think before we talk about this, we should mention and probably give thanks to Asagraph Uh at Back to Dials for a little bit of advice. Kay, tell tell everybody kind of what happened there. Well, I was like really sad because like you were like, I don't know if we should do this anymore because it's really hard to get like a good hour-long episode for you guys and so I ended up uh, emailing Asa because I knew he had an experience in this so I was like well that's probably a good idea <laughs> so what did you say to him to Asa I was just email? like I don't know if you can help us or like give us advice but we're having trouble putting out episodes and it was like a really short email <laughs> <laughs> and, and, like, and his help. response was considerably longer than her <laughs> very short email and it was chocked full of... It's like of, the one day that he gives me a one-word answer. It's like the best day. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, with that being said, Asa, we thank you for the advice. And we are definitely taking it to heart and making some what we think are some good improvements on the show. So what we're going to do, um, we're going to shorten our episodes um, we, I know we're, we were trying to originally keep it to an hour, but then we pushed that format or pushed it, uh, 
oftentimes into the hour and a half region. So, mm -hmm. and it was hard for us to generate a bunch of content and make it all mash together. So, yeah. um, given the fact that we're kind of all over the map on some of our nerd stuff, we, yeah. we jump around from topic to topic. So, uh, so we're going to be shorter and more direct. We're going to stick on one, maybe two topics per episode. Um, and then we're also going to start doing some solo episodes about some things that Kaylee's particularly interested, mm -hmm. such as uh, Minecraft. Most video games. I mean, like, you don't play that many video games. No, no, I have <laughs> not. Yeah, it's, that's true. I've kind of gotten away from video games since getting more into tabletop stuff. But um, And then I'd like to do some episodes uh, dedicated exclusively to some competitive X-Wing things. Um, and, and we'll continue to, to talk X-Wing amongst each other. Um, always. Always. Car rides uh, on the way to school. Car rides <laughs> on the way to school, exactly. Uh, so anyway, so we hope you enjoy the new shorter format, and I guess I should stop talking before this becomes a new, <laughs> like, same, longer least, format. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and let's get into our first topic of this episode. So this episode, we are going to really try and establish we did a little exercise today between the two of us where we said let's <laughs> put like on paper weird because we've never like really not like read except for, except for the ships thing we've never not like shown each other our notes yes and it feels this really is a, weird. yeah this has always been a collaborative thing where we share a google doc and we work together on the google google doc mm -hmm. but this time we uh, like I said, we engaged in an exercise separately, and we have not shared our answers to I'm this like question. I'm kind of nervous. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, there's no purpose for being nervous. But like, my, I, I have a feeling like two of mine are like extremely obscure, obscured, spelling word, obscures. <laughs> really? You think? Well, we'll see. So here's the question we asked ourselves. We said, okay, what makes a great game? Um, Tabletops. Did you now, are your criteria specific to tabletop? Because when I wrote yeah. mine, they are. They are. Okay. I think so. Because I, <laughs> I wrote mine and then thought, really, this applies to almost every game. I feel like oh, pretty much all of them, except for like one or okay. two. Okay. All right. So we'll see. So uh, Kaylee and I are going to review our top five criteria and these are in order. We'll start with number five mm -hmm. and work our way to number one. That mm -hmm. way we keep listeners around for the duration of the list. Uh, <laughs> I was not informed of this. <laughs> um, but we're going to go back we're and forth. podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to go back and forth and share our criteria. And then um, when we're done with this criteria... We're actually going to do a game review. Uh, recently, we got into Star Wars Rebellion, and we're going to talk about Rebellion and then apply these criteria to Rebellion and see if we can kind of come up like with a question. I was harder than you were. <laughs> oh, really? On yeah. that game? So uh, we'll kind of come up with our own, uh, is it a great game or not? And uh, then let you guys, the listeners, uh, invest in the game if you wish. So uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and get started in these criteria. So number five, okay. K, what makes a great game great? Okay. What's your number, number five? Number five All right. is has at least one different game mechanic than other board games. Ooh, so it has a... So like it's, it's unique and not like, oh, it's exactly like this. It's like 
a mixture of this and this. I and got it. That weird one. That's a, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a very good criteria. A game that, that comes with a new mechanic that's not similar to other games. I like that. All right, my number five is actually community support. Um, it oh, is a game. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> so for me, you know, getting into tabletops and starting to hang out um, at my local game shop as well as other game stores around, um, you know, finding a game that has a welcoming community of players um, who are there to help new players out. I mean, there's that, always going to be that occasional guy. Who takes advantage, but, <laughs> but yeah, but for the most part, there's a community. Whether that be at your games, local game store or online, but, you know, if you have questions about one of the game mechanics or an interaction, is there a good community of people that are playing it actively mm-hmm. that can help people out I with questions? I feel like questions? that differ, differs to, like, what type of environment you live in, not to be, like, rude or anything. But oh, clearly, yeah. yeah if you, you may not have access to a local game mm-hmm. shop, you're absolutely right, Kay. And that's why, you know, online um, there's a lot of uh, game communities that, mm-hmm. you know, have web pages or Facebook pages or whatever. Um, so yeah, so that was number five for me is there's a community of people that play it actively and are there to help out and get other pe- people engaged. Okay, let's go to number four. Uh, I'll go ahead and read my number four. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my number four is, is it appealing to new players? And, and, I, oh. and, here's, <laughs> and here's what I want to clarify about what my statement appealing to new players. Um, for us, we got into X-Wing late. Uh, wave nine. <laughs> yeah, wave nine. So I said, is it accessible to someone who is new or even mm-hmm. late to the game? So can you jump in after several expansions? Or um, like yeah, recently I, I've been... Re- I can re- agree with that. It's like so weird to not know what you're going to say. say. But then realize you kind of agree with it. Yeah. Um, so I've been kind of reading some on Imperial Assault. I'm interested in Imperial Assault. Imperial Assault has a lot of expansions out. But what I'm reading is, you know, I can get a core set and, and really get started with that and be okay. So that is, like I said, can someone jump in at any time as a new player? And are the financial barriers low? Mm. Is it a game that costs yeah. a fortune to I, get into? Yeah. So I think that has to go with, like I said, attracting new players. So that's my number four. What's yours, Kay? Okay, mine is has variance to what could happen. It isn't the same every single time. Okay, very good. All right. Um, my, uh, yeah, that one's so... I feel like... So variety of the variety. game? Yeah, okay, good. So what's your number three? Uh, my number three is opening for talking about more than just the game. Like, so you can talk about more than just uh, what's happening during the game. Give me an example. Can you... So, like, sometimes I might want to tell you something that happened at school or about a book I'm reading or something like that. So the game has to be very social for you? Not, like, very social, but, like, like when we set our dials during X-Wing, I can communicate okay, with you without, with, like, other things besides what's happening in the game. Now, that, I think, now, is that exclusive to tabletop for you? Because... No. <laughs> no, that's well, not exclusive. You don't think so? Because, like, when we play Gears of War, do you... You've, we don't really yeah. stop and talk, mm-hmm. so I could see But what, I feel like when you play about, like, more games like Minecraft and stuff, there's a lot of room to talk. Oh, okay, that's a good point. Because it's not just... It's not, like, such a heavy storied game. Where you're engrossed in it, mm-hmm. and you don't... It's really fast-paced, so you can't... Yeah, yeah. okay, I got it. All right, that's a good one. 
All right, that was your number three, right? Yeah. My number three is artwork and game component design. Uh, and I simply said to end my clarifying statement, is the game great to look at? Is it great mm-hmm. to hold? Is it great to play with? You <laughs> that know? sounds so nerdy. Uh, it does sound nerdy, <laughs> and that's why this is called the Nerd Stuff Podcast. But, or the uh, Nerd Stuff Podcast, inside joke. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, um, yeah, I just said, is a game great to look at? And uh, one of my best examples of that is Marvel Legendary. Mm-hmm. It's a great game oh, to man. look at. The artwork is fantastic. Or when you come downstairs and you have an unfinished X-Wing game, and you just look at it and you're like... Yes, it's so satisfying. I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only one to do that. That's awesome. Yes, because sometimes when we play bedroom, at night, so. <laughs> so sometimes when we play at night and after you go to bed, mm-hmm. I will come down here and just stare at the game board and go. <laughs> this is so appealing. Imagine you walk in, not someone just like, mm. <gasps> what are you doing, staring at toys? Uh, okay, good. Uh, so yeah, artwork and game components. My number three. My number two is continuous improvement and development from the game company so you know is the game as the company that made it are they committed to developing and play testing to make sure it's a good game um that it doesn't need things like errata or faqs um to clarify rules or get rid of things that are overpowered um so that's really like there's kind of a rules um errata faq part of that statement continuous improvement and then development are there expansions for it Mm -hmm. if i buy you know your initial release of it are you going to add to that game with different Mm storylines different mechanics as it goes forward i feel like when you do expansions it can go either way whether it's good or bad i agree with you i totally agree with you so yeah, in that case, are those expansions worth it? Are they improving the game or are they hindering the game or making it worse? So for me, my number two is continuous improvement and development. Mm. Makes a game great for me. What's okay. your number two, Kate? I feel like this might be a number two that's for specifically extremely competitive people. Okay, <laughs> all right, then lay it on us. I said it has to have some sort of aspect of playing against uh, the other player or players. So you like the player versus player aspect. <laughs> the competitive, competitive person. That's really, really, really funny. Because, um, like, I mean, I like the part of Legendary where it's, you're working together, but you're also trying to get points for yourself. To be the hero or to <laughs> the Legendary. But you have to win the game to have, like, a specific who wins. Yeah, that is that is a good example, right, where there's cooperative mm-hmm. play, but yet somebody can come out as the ultimate victor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Um so that's your number two, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so why don't you tell us your number one? Okay, my number one is a good storyline that is either in the instruction book and varies, like, different stories. Yes. Or that can be created, such as, as the, you Battle <laughs> the, the Battle of Rhodia. The Battle of Rhodia. That's, uh, like, a, an example for, like, everything. I, <laughs> so uh, we'll talk about the Battle of Rhodia when we talk about Rebellion here in a moment. But... So really, a game story is really, what for you, what makes it great. It's extremely important for me. And that's why I'm really excited to play this new role-playing game, which we'll probably talk about in the next episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, we are going to start, as Kay said, experimenting with some role-playing games. Neither one of us have really played. Mm-hmm. I played Dungeons & Dragons a couple of times when I was very young. I've watched like, a um, little bit of someone play it, and yeah. I was like... Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to invest in the uh, the beginner box, this Force Awakens RPG um, beginner box, and uh, we're going to 
have a friend take us through it and um, it should be pretty fun. So we'll probably be talking about that in a future episode, as mm-hmm. Kay said. All right, so number one for you is the story. Mm-hmm. All right, I love it. I love the story. A game it's story. It's extremely important. It's very me. interesting that you say <clears throat> that because my number one is replayability. So nothing for me beats replayability. If it's mm-hmm. if I'm gonna buy it, try it, and it's gonna sit on my shelf because essentially, like you get it, <laughs> yeah. And we both looked over at our game shelf. There's a you lot know, of one things. for me that we invested in was that Castle Panic. Yeah, I've been wanting to play that. I was literally thinking of that. But, like, it seemed like a game where it's going to be essentially the same thing every time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, for me, is... That's why I like X-Wing so much, because... And you were talking a moment ago, your number one is the game story. Mm-hmm. I literally wrote a game that allows for a gif- different game, quote-unquote, story oh, every time you that's play. Weird. And that's replayability <laughs> for me is when I play X-Wing, no matter what the tournament, no matter how high the stakes, no matter how casual the thing, that player and I are engaging in the creation of what I think is a game story is what I'm calling it. Mm-hmm. And uh, the more opportunities to create unique game stories, mm-hmm. that for me is replayability. And if that is high, nothing beats replayability for me. Yeah. If it is different every time. And I, I also wrote that having cooperative and solo modes a lot of the games we play, you can't play by yourself. And for me, Legendary, it's one of the reasons I love Legendary so much, is you can play that in a solo mode. So, yeah, replayability, ways to play it. Um, and again, really the heart of mine is that different game story that you and that other player experience yeah. when you play the game. One question that always pops up in my head when we're playing this X-Wing, like, why are we fighting? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, um, but I do always do. We just see each other. And I'm like, I want to fight that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. And and so on your point there, Kay, about why are we fighting? There is a community of players out there that thinks that X Wing could be improved by adding an objective. Yeah. This is why we're fighting. It doesn't have to just be a death mm-hmm. match. Uh, there's a objective or something we're fighting over. Uh, it could be a, an enhancement to the game should they ever kind of reboot the game with some new rules. But, okay, so let's review. Kay, why don't you start with your number one and just say what it is. Okay. One, two, three, four, five. Real fast. All, all of yep, them? Yep, okay. go right down your list. <laughs> okay, a good story that is, that is either in the instruction book or can, that can be created. Two, have an aspect of playing against the other player or players. Um... Three, opening for talking about more than just the game. Four, has a variance to what could happen. Five, has at least one different game mechanic that than other games. It's hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you, uh, you need game mechanic. Okay, yeah. so for mine, real quick. One, replayability. Two, continuous improvement and development, particularly by the manufacturers. Three for me, artwork and game component design. Number four, is it appealing to new players? So is it easy for new players to get into? And then five, is there community support? Is there an active group of players that are out there getting new people into the game, clarifying rules and things like that? So those are our criteria. 
And now we're going to talk about a new game that uh, Kaylee and I recently invested in. Um, and that is uh, FFG's Star Wars Rebellion. Kay, when was Star Wars Rebellion published? It's fairly new. It's two, uh, 2016. Okay, 2016 by Fantasy Flight. And essentially, we're, we're going to kind of talk and go over what it is that you're doing in Star Wars Rebellion. And then we're going to apply some grades based on our criteria to the game and let you guys know what we think of Rebellion overall. So in Star Wars Rebellion, um, it's a game in which two to four players engage in their own version of the Galactic Civil War that took place between Episodes 4, 5, and 6 uh, of the Star Wars trilogies. Um, so when I should, I should clarify, when I say... Two, two, four. It should actually be two or four, because not. yeah, because you can't have a third player. Yeah, it's it, you could play one side as a team. So the yeah. the team game in in uh, rebellion is really just dividing up the tasks mm-hmm. that you undertake and the decisions you have to make between two players. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there isn't like a specific modified version that makes it become a four-player individual team game Mm -hmm. one side's the galactic uh, empire one side is the rebellion um so Kay, why don't you tell us kind of then an overview what each side Mm -hmm. does i guess okay so each side the rebellion and the empire engage in assigning leaders to missions moving miniature ships and ground troops across the game for a game uh, a game board, depi- board <laughs> depicting three of the most famous systems in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, so I the game board is amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. It is awesome. There are 32 systems laid out in regions it's a two-piece game board that really it takes up i'm looking at it now we have a game of it set up mm-hmm. uh that we're in the middle of actually that's kind a of really a, appealing game to look at it, it, it is a great happening. game yes <laughs> it is a beautiful game to look at when things are going on um but it's a very large game no question it yeah. is a two board game game um, <laughs> That's hard to say. Yeah, but when you're trying to put 32 different systems in there, it, mm-hmm. it clearly has to take up some space. So the Empire's goal in this is to what, Kay? Find the hidden rebel base, which <laughs> I don't know why. It always reminds me of Clue, and it's not really like Clue. It, it does have that Clue like mechanic mm-hmm. where... Um, now, Kaylee has been the Rebels each time we've played. Because I am and so, Kay, how, I'm the how, only one in my house. <laughs> how do you determine where the Rebel base is? Why don't you tell everybody? Oh, well, you draw uh, probe cards as if, you, as if you were sending probe droids to the planets. To yeah, see. but in the beginning, how do you determine? Oh, I determine. <laughs> Sorry. That's uh, okay. Um, I Don't you draw, like, three, and then you choose no, remember No, not where your ship. Remember, how do you determine which is the hidden Rebel base? You get to choose, oh, right? Yeah, you get I to look, look through. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, I was you, like, I, I don't remember these things. <laughs> We're a little rusty, gang. Hang, hang. We only Bear with us. Twice, okay. Yeah, we have only played it twice. You're right. Um, um, so you, I get to look through the whole probe deck and find the um, uh, one that I want. And previously, I believe it was Geno- Geonosis. 
not in this game because I then the tell first you that. game you did Geonosis. <laughs> yeah, so the probe deck is literally just a card with each one of the systems that is on the game board on the on the uh, uh, individual cards. So Kaylee, as the rebel player, gets to look through that um, deck at the beginning and pick out where she wants to keep the hidden rebel base. Um, and then you slide the card under the uh, uh, side of the game board. And if and, anybody knocks it off, they're just disrespectful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, and then it's my job to figure out which of the 32 planets the Hidden Rebel Base is on. Um, and then, Kay, what are the Rebels trying to do? Okay. They're trying to do what? The Rebels are trying to gain support across the galaxy to accomplish objectives, which meet move a little marker towards another little marker, and they slowly get closer together. Yeah. That's so so stupid. I know. I was trying to figure out how to explain it as well. But it's like a time track, and the Rebel player's marker starts at the one end of the time track, and the... Uh, other the actual time marker starts at the opposite end and as rounds progress those two markers if they overlap the rebel player wins and the rebel player by like SK said by accomplishing objectives from your objective card deck and w- what's an example of one of the objectives um the uh Death Star plans, oh. which you have to like engage in combat in a system and then have like one ship left, and then you roll three dice and I think on a you have to roll at least one or two hits. Yeah. And then the Death Star is destroyed. Oh, okay. So that and, but you be... get two object two objective points instead of one for that. Oh, one. nice. <laughs> and then didn't you do one the other day where you blew up one of my star destroyers? Yeah, if and you that... blow up a star destroyer, then you get to move the objective thing. Or a superstar destroyer. Yeah, so that's how the rebel player moves their marker towards the time marker. And if the two cross before the Imperial player finds the rebel base, the rebels win. Um, So the parts, the miniatures that are in the game are pretty sweet. Mm -hmm. There's a ton of them. They're so small. Yeah, they are (laughs) small, but there's a lot of them. You have both ships and uh, ground, ground forces. forces. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you have. Kay, tell them kind of a few of the ships that you have in so the. You uh, have uh, X Wings, TIE Fighters, uh, Mon Calamari Cruisers, which kind of look like a little stick of wood, but you know. <laughs> the uh, Mon Calamari Cruisers are the Corvettes, the Carillion Corvettes. No, are, are, the Mon Calamari they, Oh, that's that right. The, Never mind, you're right. Yeah. I'm totally wrong, because you also get the Carillion Corvette, yeah. right? And uh, Star Destroyers and Super Star Destroyers, which I didn't really think existed. Are Super Star Destroyers? The yeah, the, in um, Return of the Jedi. Uh, uh, that is... That is... Um, <laughs> That is the ship that the Emperor is on oh, when yeah. they bring Luke from Endor. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so you get Space Forces. Um, the Empire has Super Star Destroyers, Star Destroyers, TIE Fighters. Um, that's it for uh, Space ships. Forces. And then there's Ground Forces like Stormtroopers, Rebel Troopers, Airspeeders, ATSDs, ATATs. And um, so when you get these in certain rounds of the game, you put them in a certain spot of the build, uh, Q, one, two, or three, and then slowly each round they'll get closer to you, and then you'll just dis- dispense them. Yeah, <laughs> into no, each, deploy uh, them. Deploy yeah, them yeah, yeah, no, the same thing. System. Yep. 
Um, and you can only put two in each system. Each system. Yeah, you yeah. can only deploy two. So, um, yeah, there's a Unless build. Unless you have a rebel base, because then everything that's left over goes into the rebel base. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, no, you can only put two in the rebel base as well. It's You can only deploy two units per system when you no, build No, but them. the extras go into the rebel base. What do you mean by the extras? Like, if you have leftovers um, from putting two in each, then you put them in the rebel gotcha. base. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so there's the build mechanic, as Kaylee was saying, with mm-hmm. the ships and the ground forces. And because there's both ships and ground forces, when you engage in combat... There's a round of fighting in the in space, and then a round of fighting on the ground as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you mentioned on the Empire side in ground forces, uh, they also have ATATs and ATSTs that you can build and deploy as well. Yeah. So the rebels have like a smaller amount of things to build from, really. No things to put on the ground. Oh, yeah, because what do you get? Air I speeders? I get troopers and air speeders. Air speeders, yeah. It. So um, each turn of the game, uh, leaders or players have a leader pool that they can draw from to engage in missions. And there's a mission, um, there's a mission deck that you draw from each round. And as I said, you uh, assign your leaders to these missions. And the leaders themselves are actually characters from the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. Kay, who are some of the who are some of the uh, leaders that you are fond of, um, or what's that? Mon Chewie, because he is like three fifths, and that comes in handy. Um, uh, Lando, because he has one of each symbol, except for like one. I think he has oh, really? everything except for no, he has everything. <laughs> um. Uh, who do you don't like? You get, don't you get Han? Yeah, Han. Uh, I uh, like... One thing that I do think is really cool is if you get Luke before he's a Jedi, you can send him on a, send him on a mission to find Yoda, and then he becomes Jedi Luke and he gets a Yoda ring, so you get re-rolls once per round. That, that when you and did that the other day, that's yeah. so sweet, because don't you get to send him to Dagobah? Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then became... I got his character card... And I had already had the Yoda Seek Yoda card, but the character card is if this um, leader complete uh, completes a mission, the Luke before he's a Jedi, uh, you get to look through your deck to find the Seek Yoda card or the Daring Rescue card, which has a picture of like them uh, rescuing Leia. Oh, how cool! And then you take one out, and then you shuffle your deck again, and then you can do the. Um, mission the next round oh yeah how cool oh very cool yeah so and that's a good example the game is very very in tune with the events Mm -hmm. of the original trilogy so it's really neat how you can engage in some of the things that like luke going to dagobah and becoming a jedi um and in a minute i'll have Kay share how what happens when you actually recruit leaders and how what happens when you recruit uh han so um As I was saying, you take your leaders and you assign them to these missions. And as Kaylee said a second ago, with the fists that Chewie has, leaders have characteristics that make them, oh, I don't know, I guess um, good, better than (laughs) others for, for, for specific missions. So if the mission involves diplomacy, 
Mon has a lot of, actually all her strength is diplomacy. It's all diplomacy and then that little tech gray one. Oh, okay, the no, research and development. I don't think there's any leader that has two of those. Yeah, I don't think so either because mm-hmm. all my uh, uh, empire leaders mm-hmm. have one, one tech or, yeah. or research and development. Mm-hmm. So as we were saying, these characteristics, you want to assign those leaders to the missions that require those type of characteristics. So again, very thematic in the mechanic of the game and the leader assignments. Um, leaders are also necessary to move forces from one system to another. So. Which, um, mm-hmm create combat yeah which again will create (laughs) combat so uh one of the things that is pretty neat from the empire side is one of the missions you can do is actually capture a enemy leader so it allows me to um really annoying for the rebels (laughs) (laughs) i it literally allows me to take that leader out of the game for a period of time now the rebellion has counter missions mm-hmm. that are rescue like a leader two or three yeah so it's extremely annoying <laughs> <laughs> but if they don't draw that counter mission to rescue that leader it's not going to happen the other uh, cool thing is once the empire captures a rebel leader they can interrogate them which forces kaylee to reveal some things about where the rebel base is uh and Didn't i haven't I have used to this say, like three different ones I haven't used where it wasn't. That's the that's what I maybe I did use that last yeah, game. Yeah, like once. I can actually release the leader mm-hmm. and attach a homing beacon to the leader, mm-hmm. which when Kaylee <laughs> when we uh, that forces Kaylee to tell me three planets in the same region <laughs> oh that could God. be the rebel base. I, so very very cool. Like I said, thematic. That's only happened like I don't think it, I don't think you've done it. I think you told no, me about the card, I, but you didn't. Yeah, do it. but I haven't had the that's opportunity be to do so it. <laughs> so uh, very 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 neat on the mission side of things. It really drives the game. Um, as Kaylee said, when you do move forces uh, from one system to another, if the opposing forces are in that system as well, you immediately engage in a combat system. Um, and then the mechanic for the combat is pretty good. Yeah. It's very simple. Um, so again, accessible to new players. It's not really over the top to get and understand the, um, the dice mechanics in this game, uh, specifically in combat. And as I said, because you have ground and space forces, you get to engage in two theaters of combat, mm-hmm. and there is a retreat mechanic as well if yeah. a uh, side can wants to retreat. Can you do that? Or yeah, both mean? sides can okay. retreat. Yep. Um, and then after you assign leaders, you engage in combat, you then recruit new leaders and build forces. Um, not every turn, though, right? No. Okay. And then after a certain turn, you don't recruit anymore. Yeah, I think it's after like turn six or something like mm-hmm. that. Uh, you don't have the opportunity to recruit anymore. Um, Which I think is really cool because sometimes, sometimes you wouldn't want to recruit certain people. Yeah, <laughs> like and... If you were really in Star Wars, you probably wouldn't want to recruit, like, um, some random Wookiee for no apparent reason. So. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> that's a good point, Kay. They stick to really the core characters mm-hmm. um, of, of the movie. So, uh, very neat. Um um, the whole leader thing and there is variety in leadership you know there's from the empire side there's palpatine who has strengths in uh certain things and vader has strengths in certain things for those mm-hmm. x-wing fans out there you can even recruit soon to your fell um 
little Admiral little Ozell. plug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, the leader part of it and the mission assigning so far is really my favorite. And, I, again, it is so true to the theme of the, the, the trilogy. So uh, after you recruit leaders, you can build forces on certain turns as well. And as Kaylee said earlier, there's a build track with three spaces and certain units go in certain spaces and then they proceed down the build track each turn till you get to deploy them, as Kaylee said, two to each system. Um, there is, and I forgot to put it in the show notes, there is an expansion yeah. now for this game. Uh, the Rogue One expansion, which we haven't played yet. Yeah, we have <laughs> not tried that. We wanted to get kind of the core rules down before we added mm-hmm. that. But this expansion adds some new color dice um, and I, they have changed the combat mechanic a little bit, apparently. Um, but much of it is centered around um, uh, the whole um, finding the Death Star plans. Mm-hmm. So in the Rebellion, the core set, you actually start with the Death Star built and mm-hmm. accessible. In the Rogue One, you don't. The uh, Death Star is actually in the in the process of being built, and then it does get built. But then the rebels are actually trying to get the plans, and uh, so it does change the um, main purpose, I guess, of the game in the expansion pack. But nevertheless, there has been one expansion for the game, mm-hmm. um, which I think is good for that type of game because, like, you shouldn't have too many. Yeah, you could way overkill this game. Differ like rules that you can differ, or more characters that aren't extremely obscure or random. Like, yes, um, like X-wing. Rebel. You I mean, not rebel. <laughs> X-wing. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I totally agree with you. I know where you're coming from, Kay. It's it's definitely a more accessible game than X-wing in terms of rules, number of in this case, leaders versus ships, to kind of understand and know what they do and remember. Um, it's much more of an accessible game. Uh, so with that in mind, we're going to go ahead and rate Rebellion according to those criteria that we talked about at the beginning of the show. Um, so Kay, why don't you start with your first criteria right. and what grade you gave it? Okay, I'm, do you want me to like re-say what my criteria is? Yeah, just say yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay, so number one was uh, has to have a good storyline that either already exists or can be created. And I gave it a 5 out of 5 because, like, it has basically kind of both of those things because it follows the storyline of the first of uh, 4, 5, and 6. And then also it differs every time you play. And um, so there's different, like, stories, quote-unquote stories. Um that can happen, and I really like that about that uh, about the game. Awesome. So uh, mine was my number one is replayability, and I gave Rebellion a four point five out of five for oh, that's for what it was. for uh, <laughs> okay. for replayability. And I the only reason why I took a point off is I have a question about after we play this for the twelfth time. Will it still be as different? I kind of rated it on that too on one of mine. Because, you know, we're still only having played it a couple times. The cards themselves are a little bit new to us. 
each time. So that makes it really exciting. But after, like I said, after the 12th time, I don't know how this is going to turn out. Maybe the core mechanic is good enough that it will vary. Um, and with 32 systems yeah. to, to kind of cross and to hide the Rebel base in, mm-hmm. um, I still think it has high replayability. But I do question yeah. as we go on what will happen. Okay, go okay. ahead, Kay. What is your number two? Okay, my number two is have an aspect of playing against the other players. And I give it 5 out of 5 because that's basically what the game is built on. <laughs> There's no working together. It's just kind of fight each other. Yeah, it <laughs> is clearly a yes, a player versus player experience, mm-hmm. no question. Um, so for me, uh, and my um, number two was uh, continuous improvement and development. I gave it a four out of five. Um, there's only been one expansion. Yeah. Um, but you, I mean, it only came out like a year ago, so like there's space for it to uh, make new expansions and have and like make new expansions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, with new movies um, coming out, you know, yeah. the Last Jedi only being a month away, there's definitely opportunity. But right now, like I said, as far as continuous development, I haven't heard a lot of good, uh, a lot of news. Um, mm-hmm. about continuous expansion. But nevertheless, I mean, Rogue One was not that long ago, and they did put out an expansion for it. So we're hoping with new Star Wars movies coming out, we'll see additional expansions. But I gave it a 4 out of 5 on that. Okay. And then my... Um, uh, go ahead with your number 3, Kay. Okay. My number 3 was uh, opening for talking about more than just the game. And I gave it a 3 out, three out of 5 because, like, there's not really much... It's mostly no, you gotta, like you talk about the game. You gotta focus. Yeah. There's a lot mm-hmm. going on at once. Um, that yeah, it makes you have to focus and not a social. I agree with you. That's I agree with you. See, the, one of the reasons why I actually said that is for if you want to play one of your games at a party or like mm. uh, without a group gathering. This is not a group gathering yeah. game. I agree. I agree. Um. So my number three is artwork and game component design, and I gave it a five out of five. Yeah, that's just like, yes. Yeah, I gave it a five out of five. This is a beautiful, beautiful game to look at. It is very impressive on the miniature side of things, um, from the leader cards themselves uh, to the way they have the game organized on each side. It is a beautiful game to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, the cards are great. The artwork and on the card is phenomenal. Especially for some unsuspecting victim that comes down into our basement, is like, oh my god. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is a very, very impressive game to look at. Uh-huh. So I gave it a five out of five on artwork and game component design. Um, let's move to our number fours. Okay. Um, okay, um, go ahead. Mine just has variance to what could happen, and I give it a four out of five because. We've only played it twice, and like after a while, you're probably gonna know a lot of each other. Excuse me, each other, each other's cards. So very, it might start getting like a happy. A lot of things will happen. Yeah, that you know, kind of right, what's gonna happen and what the other player yeah. probably has, um, because there are four missions that the each player always has in their cards, yeah. or in their hand, and each time you do them, you put them back in your hand. So you're right. By the time we play this a handful of times, we're going to remember what those cards are so you know what each player has. We'll see how that impacts the game. Mm -hmm. Um, Mine is, is it appealing to new players? I honestly think, and and your mother uh, 
will not try this game. But I think it's very accessible to a new player, especially if you tried it in team format the first time with a couple of yeah. new players. Um, I think it's it's a very accessible game. So for appealing to new players, I gave it a 4.5 out of 5. Now, on the financial side, the core set, you know, you I've, yeah. I was able to find it uh, for as low as about $80, but... It's uh, it's a lot. So. Yeah, it's um, manufacturer suggested retail is a hundred or a hundred and ten, so it is a very large game. There's a lot of components, but here's the big uh, uh, I think bonus there: everything comes in the box. It doesn't require a bunch of ten, fifteen, twenty dollar expansions to play it. You pay that initial hundred dollars, let's just say, and you get everything you need. So um, financial bar- barriers. Little bit high on the initial uh, purchase of the core set. The expansion was actually only $40, so I thought very reasonable. So, yeah, even late game, I mean, we're just getting into it now, yeah. and it's a couple years old almost. So, I gave it uh, um, a four and a half out of five. Okay, your final one. Okay, my final one is has at least one different game mechanic than other games. And so, I gave it a five out of five on that one because it. It's very different from most games that we've played. I agree. It's a very unique mechanics all over the place. So, um, you know, the compare dice thing that's in games all over the place, there is a compare dice step in combat mm-hmm. um, and in mission um, success. But that's in a lot of games. But you're yeah. right. I think a lot of the mechanics and the way they do this is very unique. I would agree with you on that. So my five... Is uh, community support? Is there a friendly group group of followers that welcome new players and players from other regions uh, uh, into the game? I gave it a four and a half. There's a lot of people that play that. You can find, especially online, there's a lot of communities that play Rebellion. Um, if you go to Board Game Geek, there's a huge forum for this um, this game. So I think there is a, a a good group of followers out there that play the game. Um, and uh, I know a couple of people that play it, but going back to my number four, even if in your area, there aren't a lot of people that play it. It is a very, very accessible game, um, to get new people into. So, uh, yeah, pick it up or split the cost with some friends and, uh, get into it. Cause I, overall, I, when you average out my ratings, is this a great game? Came out to 90%. So I got 88%. Yeah. So I think it's a great game. I really do. I would tell people it's a great game. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So that's our review of Star Wars Rebellion. And also, that is the end of episode number five. Uh, We're at 45 minutes. The end of my computer's battery. (laughs) (laughs) We're at 45 minutes, and we said we were going to cut these down. But uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Kay, any last. Kay, any last shout-outs or um, things to say? No. <laughs> All right. I feel hey. like I always say no for everything like like, like that because sometimes in my piano, she's just like, how are you? What'd you do? And I was like, yes, chill. Yeah, so <laughs> way to come up with nothing on the fly as we yeah. end the show. Okay. All right. Have a great Thanksgiving, everybody, and uh, we'll see you next time. We thank you for listening to Episode 5 of the Nerd Stuff Podcast. Find us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash the nerd stuff podcast. Check the about section for our YouTube channel link. Kaylee G and the Dark Father can be reached at podcast the nerd stuff 
at gmail.com.